You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Hey guys, how y'all doing? This is so weird, having multiple services. I love it, but it's so weird because we kind of like do everything again. So I was like, do we hug again? Do we have to do it? Because they didn't see us hug the first service? Okay, cool. Um, so good to be here. Um, shout out to uh, Pastor Robin, his lovely wife, uh, Pastor Andy, his lovely wife and family. Uh, can we give God praise for them? Listen, you guys have um, you guys have exceptional leaders uh, here. Chris in the back, always hiding in the back. Just he's like, hey, whatever, you know. Always making sure everybody looks better and, and sounds better. Um, but you guys have exceptional leaders that have a heart for the city. Um, and for what we do, many of you guys do not realize that um, you guys also are a part of our feeding program. Did you know that? <laughs> yes? No? Okay. You guys are actually part of our feeding program. Um, we actually, we were blessed. Uh, I forgot exactly how. I think I came over here one day. We, yeah, I came over here one day when you guys first moved. And I said, he's not going to introduce himself to me. I'm going to introduce myself to him. So no. So I came over here and I was just like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. And and uh, we began to have, you know, just great, great conversations. Um, I love sitting at this dude's feet and just kind of like gaining wisdom and just like accessing his heart briefly. Um, but through those conversations and those encounters, um, he felt led. Um, and, and I guess you guys felt led, too, <laughs> to help us to get our building done. Um, we were able to get our CO because of your financial contributions um, uh, as well as uh, continue our feeding program throughout the city, which was, you know, it was a miracle in itself to even be able to, in the middle of a pandemic, continue, you know, the fight against childhood hunger. So I want to give you guys a clap of praise. Thank y'all so much. No, I said, I want to give you guys a clap. Y'all don't clap. I clap. See, see how awkward this moment is? No, um, no, but I really, really uh, just love you guys, man. And thank you guys so much. You guys are touching Pockets of the community that you have no idea that you're touching. And so I thank you once again for your selfless kindness and, and your acts of love and generosity. Um, and we're going to get right into it. Y'all ready? All right. So we are going to go to Luke 2. And uh, we are going to read verses 41 through 52. And I'm going to actually kind of jump in and out as a... So I'm going through this. Luke 2, 41 to 52. And um, yeah, I kind of like entitled this when Chris was like, hey, what are you calling this thing? So I said changes in spaces. And um, I'm praying that you guys will be able to kind of like follow along and uh, figure this thing out with me. All right, let's pray briefly. Father, thank you so much for this day. Our hearts are open. Our minds are clear. And whatever it is that you want to say to us, we receive it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for all distractions ceasing. We thank you for your glory, uh, not just being revealed, but your glory infecting us like never before. Allow us to leave this place better than the way we walked in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So listen, I only have two rules, okay? You have to respond. So I know that you guys are alive. You know, it's the pandemic. I want to make sure we don't have to call the ambulance or anybody else, right? I want, I want to hear you guys responding. But also, I want you guys to see yourself in the text. Is that all right? 
See yourself in the text. And then the last rule is don't force yourself to identify with the heroes in the text. Scary thing. Everybody wants to be Jesus. I get it. Sometimes we're the other guy, right? So, so I want us to understand that we need to see ourselves in the text because that's the only way we're going to be corrected, right? We need to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we need to be doing better. But also, let's not force ourselves to always be the hero. All right. So let's dive right in. Um, and just to give like a little backdrop. Okay. We're talking about, you know, Jesus and, and, and Joseph and Mary, you know, they're all on the way to, um, the feast of Passover, which was a one day celebration commemorating God's deliverance of Israel. Um, of course, you remember Passover, you know, some, many people say the death angel was going to swoop in Egypt and take all the firstborn and the instructions that were given to the children of Israel. Hey, take a one year old lamb that's spotless, you know, uh, sacrifice, take the blood, put it on your doorpost. So when the angel comes in, your home is protected. All right. So they created a celebration like many of us do. Right. We have these God encounters and then we make anniversaries out of them. You know what I'm talking about, right? So it's just like, yay, we did something great. Let's remember it next year. So they're doing this, you know, this feast of Passover and they're on the way to uh, just celebrate. You know, many theologians would say the feast of Passover, of course, in, in itself was one day followed by the feast of unleavened bread, which was seven days. But a lot of theologians actually, you know, just clam it all together. All right. So 41 says this. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child, Jesus, tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. All right? Now, the first service, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. I thought it was very disrespectful um, from Luke to not address Joseph as earthly dad. Uh, and this is Father's Day, so his Father's Day stinks right now. Um, because it was just like Joseph and his mother, right? It's just, you know, very disrespectful. Um, but, but this, this text, you know, it really opened my heart. It shed some light on kind of like where I am. Seeing myself in the text, I'm realizing reading this passage of scripture, how easy it is to now, you know, start off being with Jesus and then all of a sudden losing Jesus and not even realizing that we left him. Like we're in this weird space, this weird climate. We can say political climate. I don't know what you're talking about. Or you can say racial climate. And I still don't know what you're talking about, right? You just have to squint and look really, really deep to see what I'm talking about. But we're in this weird climate where many people are shouting and screaming and posting and texting and marching and rioting, unfortunately, and some looting and then some just being totally dismissive. And, and all of us think that we got it right. Everybody's saying it. I'm right. And, and I'm right. And no, no, I'm right. And my, no, my voice is right. And we're all speaking and doing what we do from this place and this conviction that, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean it comes from God that says we're right. Many of us have left Jesus, not the blood that Jesus shed, right? That's, that's, that's eternal. Like that's eternal life that we're heading toward. But I'm talking about like many of us have, have left the principles of Jesus. We don't know it like we're reading scripture and we don't understand the difference between doing things for Jesus versus doing things with Jesus. 
there's, there's tons of things that we miss out on. Like it, you have to be very humble, you know, very, very sensitive to what God is saying in this time. Or you can absolutely take what looks like to be your success and then put a stamp on it saying God approved. It's what we do. We continue what's building. And a lot of times what's being built is God's grace to not shut it down, but he's still screaming, this is wrong. Many people have left Jesus just like Mary and the other guy, <laughs> according to Luke. They don't even know it. And then the scripture, it, it continues. And, and actually, before I go there, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But the thing that that kind of like destroyed me about, you know, Mary and Joseph leaving Jesus behind is that like Jesus has two significant roles. One, child of Mary and the other guy. And then two, future risen savior. Right? You don't, you don't lose the future risen savior. I mean, you stink as a parent when God says, I'm going to put this child in you and he's going to save the world. And you're like, cool, but I don't know where he is now. That's just the dumbest thing in the world. But, but here, here's the thing that, that I want to put out, you know, out there real quick. Jesus is changing. Jesus stays behind and, and we're going to see it in a second, but he's changing because he remained where he was in Jerusalem while his parents and everybody moved, you know, forward to, to return back home. He's changing. He's not just wandering because that's what children, you know, that's what they do. But he's actually understanding and discerning assignments. And, and as we read here in 44, it says this. It says, but they supposing him to have been in the company. This is, again, Mary and the other guys saying, hey, Jesus must be, you know, around our family or the group, you know, that's returning home. It said, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So Mary and Joseph assumed that if they could not track Jesus down, hopefully someone in their group could. This is why it's so important to have real godly relationships, covenant relationships for moments when you lose Jesus and you don't know where he is. This is also the reason why we come together. We worship the Lord, right? We assemble ourselves as Hebrew says, right? Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves, but we show up in this room, not just to hear Andy's wonderful voice and pastor Robin's wonderful messages, but we come here to lift up the name of Jesus and hopefully provide direction to those that lost Jesus. A lot of times we end up entering into this room and we're thinking we're going to celebrate and then we're going to save and, you know, and impact lives outside. And sometimes you need to impact the life of the hand that you're holding. People need to know that they lost Jesus. And many of these, you know, hard to see posts and social media blogs and blogs and everything else, you know, it's proving that we may be the wrong crowd to look for Jesus. Can I be honest? Like when we think of Jesus, you know, the, the, the one that the Bible said he was uncommonly to the eye. That's disrespectful. But the Bible said that Jesus wasn't that attractive. Fight Jesus on that. Anyway, but think about it. this is the same Jesus that left his hometown. He's performing miracles, signs and wonders. This is the Jesus 
that we're supposed to be representing, the one that would humble himself, the one that would chase after the one, you know, in spite of the 99 still being in place. This is the same one that we say we love, we adore, we subscribe to, and we love, you know, saying yes to that level of discipleship. And many people in this world is looking for folk that knows that type of Jesus. And they're not just looking for the scriptures that we can repeat. They're looking for the life that we can live. Because true gospel is never seen in what we say. It's always seen in who we are. People, I told, I told my, uh, our, our worship team one day, a uh, long time ago. I said, hey, I said, you know, when you're practicing everything else, I said, remember, I said, people are going to receive more of who you are than the songs you sing. Until songs turn to life, we're just singing melodies. Until scriptures actually turn to life, we're just doing sermons. But they're not impactful until we become what we're reading, become what we're singing. The Jesus that everyone needs to meet needs to be displayed in our lives. Consider the fact that even me, myself, there are areas in my life. This is why I have accountability partners. This is why I have mentors, because I need to know when I left Jesus while still seeing success. Does that make sense? You're less likely to, you know, to ask the necessary question. Am I doing something wrong when your job just promoted you? <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, God. And he was just like, hey, no, your degree got you that job. My spirit is saying something totally different to you. Oh, God, thank you so much for increasing, enlarging the exchange. And he's like, no, but I'm screaming, be a better husband. Be a better father. We are less likely to listen and, and, you know, and really just open up our hearts to what God is saying when we're seeing natural success. It's so hard to give God a yes when everyone else is giving you theirs. So these people left Jesus. They didn't know that they left Jesus. They're looking in their circle of relationships for Jesus. The circle says we don't know where he is either. Volumes. Moving on. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And I'm going to jump to 46. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. This is amazing, borderline prophetic. Jesus was missing for three days. All right. Many of us will never get to where God wants us to be if we don't discover and submit to the art of coming up missing. What do you mean? We have to be so content with being by ourselves. Can I say that again? The other problem that we're facing in America right now is that there are many people that know the word of God, the will of the father, the ways of the father. But in order to display it, they're afraid of losing their current circles. And they're willing to continue on agreeing with everybody in spite of knowing that what they're doing and what they're saying is totally out of line. Jesus understood. He said, you know what? Um, if I go with my parents instead of staying behind, my choice is going to tell them that I'm still a 12-year-old boy. You do understand that your choices tell on you, right? Your choices tell who you are. It tells your circle of friends and relationships who you are. If Jesus were to walk 
back with his family and his friends and everybody else in that group to return home, his choice would have said, I'm still just 12, 12 years old. I'm still just a young kid. I'm still maybe just investigating how to be a better carpenter, whatever the case may be. But his choice told the crowds that, hey, something here is changing. Everything's about changes and spaces. All right. So 46. Um, and it came to pass once again uh, that after the three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. This is amazing. Mary and Joseph, a.k.a. the other guy, walks in the temple and they see Jesus teaching, teaching scribes, teaching doctors, prominent individuals, high seats, and he's teaching because he understands that my assignment is now shifting. There's something here. I'm not here because I'm a kid and it's just me throwing a tantrum and I didn't want to go back to where we were from. I want to stay here longer, mom and dad. He was like, there's an assignment for me to fulfill here. And, and I love what the scripture said because in 47 it says, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Meaning that when you study the art of coming up missing, when you become content with being by yourself, not only will God promote you, but he'll also promote your crowd. If you've ever been in the way of like saying things like, I'm so tired of speaking to the same people and not having any positive change. Jesus was like, you know what? I have a crowd that I can speak to <laughs> that will respond to me. That will listen to what the father is saying through me every now and then. It's not you got to realize this. It's not that you're less anointed. It's not that you're not called. Sometimes you're doing the right thing in the wrong circles. And every now and then we have to give God the space to carve out an opportunity that was catered for us to speak and to present his gospel and to present his spirit. Because all of a sudden now Jesus, he could have been just rolling with his other immature 12 year old friends, maybe back home. Instead, he stays behind and he's now talking to prominent leaders that are astonished. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't just about what he knew, but it was more about what he was carrying. He's in this space. Uh, 48 says once again, and they saw him. They were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father. Thank you, Mary, for the correction. Thy father and I have sought these sorrowing. They were crying, y'all. And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. This is major. Because again, Jesus was changing. His life was shifting. Some people in this room, maybe your life is shifting. You're trying to understand like where you are in this season. And why are we in the midst of all this craziness? And what's my role? What am I supposed to do? What am I called to? Like Jesus was shifting and changing. Mary and Joseph couldn't perceive and discern properly the fact that he was transitioning from just being a young boy into the future risen savior. 
The Bible clearly said that she did not understand his words. But the Bible also said that she committed every word that he spoke to her heart. We typically run to Luke 2.52 without studying and doing research on Luke 2.41 to 52. We'll say, you know, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor of God and men. And, and we negate the fact that Mary had a huge role in Jesus growing in stature and in wisdom and in favor. Changes and spaces. This is the spaces part. Mary had to create a very unique, intentional and safe space for Jesus to grow. For him to evolve. Remember, Mary clearly stated, I don't understand anything that you're saying right now, Jesus. But I'm committed to my heart. Which gave him the freedom to become everything that the father already declared that he was going to become. If you want to make a change in your life or in others' life, investigate your spaces. Because we say things, you know, just catchphrases, right? Man, I'm waiting for the world to change. Shout out to John Mayer. Awesome. We say things like this, but then we, we forget that we're also responsible for our own spaces that this world will encounter. The world is not going to get better if it's all hinged upon them, you know, encountering your bitterness. The, bro- the world's not going to get better if I don't submit to humility and people keep encountering my space. The world's not going to get better if we continue to be dismissive, you know, not just for the needs, you know, in regards to the needs of this work of this country, but the needs of the world. Jesus had a way of doing what he did from a place of humility and sensitivity like we've never seen. Somehow, some way. We got away from it. We got away from the humility part. We got away from the submission part. And somehow we allowed success to tell us that we were right. While the father has been screaming to us, hey, no, not that way. No, not that post. No, no, not that message. No, no, no. You need to have this conversation. The world is only going to change as we all take responsibility for our spaces. And the more our spaces reflect the unadulterated word of God, notice how I didn't say policy or politics. Can I say that again? It could be the last time I'm here. I don't know. Let me just. <laughs> well, here's nothing. We have to be more willing to promote the cross. Than we do our own country. Let me give you a diff, a very difficult passage of scripture. Um, you know, Jesus. All right. You guys are very intelligent class. Where's Jesus from? <laughs> okay. You're still smart. All right. Nazareth. And Jesus. At one point. He left where he was from. Because all they wanted was miracles, signs, and wonders, but they did not want the gospel. 
They wanted events. They wanted conferences. They wanted rallies and marches. But they did not want to live out a life that reflects the gospel. And the Bible said, not James, the Bible said, Jesus left to never return. I just want us to think. I believe in making America great. Our church emphatically prays for our president every week, whether we agree or not. Because our job is to reflect the cross more than it is a country or even a color. I had a pastor say it like this. Shout out to Pastor Ted Winsley, just in case he's watching. He said, you're not black. You're not white. You're not Hispanic. You're not Asian. He said, all of those things are just a color of your dirt. (laughs) He said, all these colors, he said, it's just a color of your dirt. If you really want to see change, investigate your space. Make sure that you're not the one that's assuming that Jesus is still with you when he left three days ago. And in moments where we don't understand each other, Listen, y'all, I believe that Queen City is going to do some amazing things throughout this city. I just need y'all to hear me prophetically. And I don't I wasn't even going to go here with this. I believe that Queen City Church is going to do some amazing groundbreaking things throughout this city. If you believe that, can you just worship the Lord right there? Just worship every mouth open for a second. I believe that the Lord is going to break ground And restoration is going to take place. Healing is going to take place. Clarity is going to take place. I believe that the Lord is going to unify us like we've never seen in Jesus name. Not with ideas, not with ideology, not with theology, not with certain doctrine. But he's going to unify us with his word. And we are going to be a sign, a beacon of light to the rest of this world. I believe revival is going to break out in Charlotte, y'all. In Jesus' name, I believe that we are going to have a new identity. If you think about this, New York has a big apple. Los Angeles, you know, California, you think of Hollywood. There are spaces that have their identity already set. And God is here giving us this unique opportunity to create something from his hands. Thank you, Lord. I believe it like I believe that my name is James Scott, that the Lord is going to pour out his spirit, not just on all flesh, but all willing participants. And he's going to shake this nation with what he starts right here. I believe it. We have to make sure that we are investigating our spaces. Jesus went from a boy to a young man, a young man to a teacher And then a teacher into the future risen savior. Never negate what your space can do in this environment. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for reflection. We thank you for conviction that comes from you. We thank you for clarity and our ability 
to look beyond how successful we are, to find your cross, to find your heart, to fall in love with your ways. Father, we say to you that you are the only one that can make this world great. So we yield to your word. We yield to your spirit because that is where our allegiance is. We thank you, God, that you are piercing and pricking hearts quickly in this city. Thank you that pastors will unify with pastors. Worshippers will unify with worshipers, God. And I thank you that we are going to release a sound that heaven has been yearning to hear. In the name of Jesus, heaven invade our space, invade our hearts, invade our marriages, invade our families. Father, we are at the foot of your cross. And whatever from me to the youngest person in this room, whatever changes need to be made so that our spaces are pure. We give it to you in Jesus name. In Jesus name, God, we humble ourselves and we thank you for this opportunity to not just hear your word, but hear possibly correction. Because we're not always heroes. Sometimes with your word, we're the villains. So, Father, we love you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you guys. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.